Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by the Annie Selkie Companies, and this is your official warning that their big cyber sale is coming up next week before Thanksgiving, where you can get 25% off anything on their site, furniture, big rugs, whatever. It runs for one week starting November 19th, so start making your list now at annieselkie.com YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're sharing what really went on behind the scenes of our big house painting extravaganza, what went wrong, what we love most, and how it added even more to our to-do list. Plus, the upcoming launch of our new furniture line. I usually get so sweaty during podcast records, but I feel like I'm actually going to shiver today. It's freezing. I had two doors open because I'm painting not one, but two doors. Well, actually three, but I'm just in the process of painting two because guys, we're coming off the house being white. We got stuff to tell you. I have things to paint. We have a lot more things on the to-do list than we even thought going into this. You heard last week us talk about what we feared would happen afterwards. So we have to do a follow-up on that. Yes, because some of those fears have been realized. (laughs) But let's first establish the fact, in case you have missed all this previous discussion, that our brick house is officially white and it's glorious. We shall no longer refer to it as the red brick house. Is that what we refer to it as? I mean, it's just not going to be how I describe my house. I used to say the big brick house with the bright blue door. And now I have like the big white house with a light blue door. Well, I think you put it well when you said it feels like we moved to a new house without actually having to move. Like it feels so completely different in the best way. And I will admit, I was the one of this couple that was a bit nervous about this whole process. It was A bit. I thought you'd say I was extremely neurotic about this. Well, I was at moments. <laughs> but I will put on the record here on this very podcast that I am so happy with how it turned out because it was a very permanent decision and it was a big change. And we really haven't made any major changes to our previous house's exteriors. I mean, obviously at the beach house and the duplex, we've done big things out there, but in any of the houses that we've lived in here in Richmond, they have largely stayed their brick selves the way we bought them. So to suddenly completely change the look of this house was a big deal. And so I had a right to be a bit neurotic, I would say. Yeah, no, it was warranted. But the funny thing is so many people have said, I know you like it. You've been into this idea for years and years, but like, how is John feeling? Yes, and John is feeling good because it turned out, I think, better than I expected. Agree. It's better than any Photoshop rendering. What we didn't realize going into it was how special the paint we chose was because the paint has this very matte, chalky, flat sheen you know, the opposite of something shiny. And it's because it's made of the minerals. It's kind of based in the same things that lime wash is made from that flat lime. And what we didn't realize was that the flat look is so fancy. Like it feels like a chateau in Europe. It's not shiny. It doesn't look new in any way. In many cases, I think going into this, we worried we'd make our house look newer and less classic. And I would argue that with the paint, it looks older and more classic. Like everyone has said it looks historic and it used to be an 80s brick house in a suburbia. Yeah, I think a lot of painted brick gets painted with a glossier finish. And I didn't, like you said, make that distinction of the importance of a flat finish before. But I think it is the part that really makes the white look classic and historic and like it was there all along and not something that we like added to it to patch a bad, ugly brick. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think I realized how much quieter and less busy the exterior would look with paint. I mean, I knew it and I said it. Like, it will calm things down. It will look less crazy. Like, now when you look at the house, it's like things that I thought you might not notice anymore, like the white dental molding. Who would have thought that painting a house white would bring out something white? You wouldn't believe that, right? You'd think that the contrast of the brick will bring out the dental molding. And then we shared the pictures of it starting to get painted on Insta stories. And so many comments were like, why am I noticing the dental molding more? And I think what happened is even though it's white next to white, the thing that used to be very busy and steal the focus, which was the brick, is no longer stealing the focus. So now your eyes can go up to that chunky dental molding along the top of our house, which I have always adored. And now I see it more, which I think was another unexpected outcome. Of right, it. right. But, you know, we could wax poetic about this whole thing all episode. We are not going to do that. <laughs> we'll probably drag it out several weeks, to be honest. <laughs> You'll hear about this next week and the week after. It's like the most exciting thing we've done. So bear with us as we talk about it. <laughs> well, we did a post last week, which we'll link to in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. So if you want all the details and before and after pictures and all that good stuff, that will be there. Yes, definitely check out the before and afters because it's crazy to look at. And also we covered things that we got a ton of questions about, like what exact paint did you use? How did you color match it? And how much did it cost? That was a huge question we got. We also covered if you can DIY it yourself. And spoiler alert, you can. So go to younghouselove.com slash podcast. Look at the pictures, the costs, all the info you guys are asking me is right there. Yes, but I did want to say on the podcast that the paint we used, because we absolutely love this paint. This was not sponsored. This was actually a paint we discovered from you guys, because after we talked about this on the podcast months ago, several of you recommend it. It's this paint called Biodomus. And like Sherry said, it's a mineral paint that has kind of a lime base to it. So it gives you a solid painted look, but it still lets the brick breathe. And so when we decided we wanted to purchase that to use on the house, because we knew it was going to solve a lot of my anxieties about the maintenance, we asked the manufacturer if they could recommend someone to apply it because we didn't know if you needed like a specialist to put this type of paint on. And they recommended a guy they work with a lot who's based in Louisville, Kentucky named Lance. And he and his crew are willing to travel to our house in Virginia to do the painting. We learned you don't necessarily need a specialist because anyone, even yourself, can apply it. But we figured since we were going to be sharing this process with everyone and we wanted to make sure we were getting the best information from someone who has done it several times, not like a first timer who was figuring it out with us at the same time. And we are very glad we did because Lance and his crew did a great job. But I point out the fact that we had someone travel from like two states away because it is an important detail when we start to tell you about how the week went down. Oh, guys, did it go down? Well, it went down, it went up. It went down, it went up. It was quite the roller coaster. I told John, in hindsight, it felt like, oh, there's a problem we need to solve. There's a problem we need to solve. We're freaking out. We're freaking out. We solved it. Oh, no, there's another problem we need to solve. There's another problem we need to solve. Oh, what are we going to do? Yes. Over and over and over again. I had said in the last podcast that part of my nervousness going in this week is whenever you have a crew working on a big project at your house, it can bring some stress on you, even if you're not doing the work, because things come up. And we experience that over and over again. So we're going to take you day by day through that week so you can understand exactly the behind the scenes roller coaster that was getting this house painted. Because again, the outcome was great. But it was a trip getting there. Right. And I think if you're going into this, it might help to hear all the pitfalls and like the frustrations behind the scenes, just maybe so that when you hit them, you don't think everything is smooth sailing for everyone else. That is really not how it goes, no matter how smooth it seems on HGTV. And also because I think sharing our solutions to some of these might make it easier for you guys if you're going through this ever. Yes. So let's start on Monday. 
Monday was mostly a travel day. The crew was coming from Kentucky to Virginia. And when they got there on Monday afternoon, we sort of checked in and made sure that we had all the supplies and paint because we had to get all that stuff ahead of time. He was not traveling with it. And one of the things we did is that we had ordered the Biodomus paint color matched to a Sherwin-Williams color called Modern White or Modern White. There's an E at the end. Everyone's like, why are you saying Modern White? Why don't you pronounce it Modern? I'm like, the E at the end makes me think they want me to say Modern. Yes, you have to invent a different pronunciation for the word. So um, we'll say Modern White. It may be wrong. Who knows? (laughs) Maybe we're just fancy now that we have a white brick house. Yes, we pronounce (laughs) everything weird and (laughs) hoity-toity. Anyways, we had gotten that paint matched to a Sherwin-Williams collar, and Lance, the painter, was also going to be painting our siding. So Lance recommended a Benjamin Moore product to use on the siding that also had a low luster finish that would match kind of the matte look of the Biodomus. So we were getting two separate paints matched to a Sherwin-Williams color. Neither of which were Sherwin-Williams. Right. One was the Benjamin Moore and one was the Biodomus, but we were trying to make them both the same color. But as anyone knows, when you get something color matched, it is not always an exact match. They might have a different base color and be mixed slightly differently, but we were just hoping that these two colors would be very, very similar because they were going to be touching on our house. Like there are parts where siding touches brick and we needed it to look good. So when Lance got here, he dried down a couple samples and we realized that the paints did not match exactly. So he said, we should go back to Benjamin Moore and have them remix the paint that we had bought, like $200 worth of paint to help it better match the Biodomus because that's the color that we had tested and we wanted to move forward with. Benjamin Moore was closed at that point on Monday, so we had to wait till Tuesday morning. So Sherry and I were a little bit flustered Monday night because we had to go run this errand first thing Tuesday morning and hope that the Benjamin Moore people could take our existing paint and just add a touch of pigment to get it closer. Right. It felt nerve-wracking because I'm like, what if they add the wrong touch and then it's even further away? Like, there's a certain point where you add too much to white and it's not white anymore. Yeah, I just was worried about ruining $200 worth of paint and having to rebuy all of it. So first thing Tuesday morning, we go to the Benjamin Moore store. They use whatever technology they have to figure out how much pigment to add. They mix it. It was great. Like problem solved in no time. And Sherry and I both sort of like high five and we're like, that was our issue. Like we got through the hiccup that we're going to have this week and now it will be smooth sailing, right? Like what else could go wrong? Well, what else could go wrong (laughs) is Sherry. Well, no, I was going to say you. (laughs) Because Sherry woke up on Tuesday morning with what I would describe as a wild hair Mm -hmm. about the portico. We talked about how after the painting was done, we planned to fix that and redo the portico to make it look better. Well, Captain Impatience over here (laughs) woke up Tuesday morning and was determined to have it done that week while the painters were there. I was like, John, I cannot shake this feeling that we need to get the portico off the house right now. And I couldn't even fully explain it because we could always rebuild it later and we could switch the posts out and switch the triangle and the top and all this stuff. But I just was afraid that it was going to make it way too complicated later. Like, why not get it off during painting so we can get the paint back there? We can see if there's five huge holes in the brick that we need to patch. You know, what if there's no brick behind the entire portico. Like I just had this burning, gnawing feeling like we need to do this right now to know what we're dealing with. Even assuming, as I was saying, we're going to rip it off the house, that I wouldn't fix it this week. I would just start the process of removing and rebuilding. And I was like, Sherry, let's just table that for after this week. Like, there's enough going on. John basically said no. Yeah, I did say no. said no, and then I called Sean. (laughs) Yeah, when John says no, she talks to Sean, our contractor, out in Cape Charles at the beach house, who also had agreed to come do our portico here in Richmond at some point. Right. Little did he know I was going to beg and plead and basically say 
please come to Richmond. Come to Richmond tonight. Spend the night tonight at your girlfriend's house. It's very convenient that his girlfriend lives in Richmond. And I said, meet me and John in the morning at our house bright and early and we will take the portico off. And the reason John and I didn't want to take the portico off alone is that the portico is very, very heavy. And so I wanted pros to help us remove it because my fear was in removing it ourselves, we could crack the brick on the side of the house, shatter the steps under it by dropping it on it. Like we just needed pros to help us disassemble it in a way that it came off the house small and didn't come shattering down and like ruin the steps. Well, and in a way that we could easily reconstruct it. So Sean did come Tuesday night. Oh, he's the best. Sherry is a miracle worker, I guess. You were very convincing. I was. And then John, when he heard Sean was coming, seemed excited. It was like he didn't want to say, let's do that because it seemed too hard to organize. But since I went and organized all of it and it was just rolling, John was like, fine, you're right. I even talked to Lance and said, are you going to kill me if I have another crew here tomorrow ripping the portico off with me? And he said, no, we'll be around the back. We're working our way around the house. It is no skin off our back. And I think that calmed you down. It did. My fear, though, was that it was just going to make it worse. Like, the portico was not done. It didn't look great, but it looked okay. And I was afraid that if, by taking it off, we unleash some huge project that we were not going to be able to complete by the end of the week, that on Friday, when you were so looking forward to your beautiful after, that it would be really, really far from that. I agree, but my counterpoint is I hated the portico, so I knew I wasn't getting my beautiful after if we left it. So I was just like, why would I finish a project completely, clean it up, and then start another one when I can make both messes at the same time? That was essentially what I was thinking. I don't know why we're arguing about this, because it already happened. (laughs) So that's where my brain was. But anyway, Sean came out. Wednesday morning, met us at our house. By 9 a.m., the portico is off the house. Oh, probably by 8 o'clock because I had gone to the grocery store that morning and by the time I came home, it was already gone. And you know what I had said? I had said to Sean, just come rip it apart with me. We'll construct it later. Just take it off the house so the painters can get behind it. But you know what I did when it was like 8, 30, 9 o'clock and it was done? Oh, yeah. Give a mouse a cookie, meaning give Sherry a demoed portico. And she will want a new portico there in no time. Well, if you give a mouse a contractor and the contractor is there and all the work is done in like 20 minutes, you're like, what else can we do? I think we're stretching this metaphor. (laughs) So I basically was like, Sean, I know you need to head back in the afternoon because his shop actually gives out trick-or-treating candy every year. And this was Halloween that this was happening. But it was like 9 a.m. I was like, what if I get you on the road by like 2? But let's go look at composite boards like Azac, which is the stuff that doesn't rot that we use at the beach houses all the time. And let's just build a surround around the door. It will be temporary. We'll throw a few hundred bucks at this thing. We'll add some crown molding. We'll make it look chunky and nice. But like eventually, we will rip that off the house and redo the portico in some way or do something more permanent. This was just me trying to get a nice after picture for Friday. Yes. And so we worked all of us together, Sean and his two crew guys that were there also, and us figuring out how to reconstruct a salvageable looking doorframe out of this composite material. And by one o'clock, we had something that was more than salvageable. It was actually pretty nice looking. Yeah, now we like it so much. We're like, this might be the final look. Like we love it. It covers a hole that was revealed in the brick that we were worried about. But then we rebuilt that chunky frame around the door and it completely dealt with that, covered it up, sealed it up. And 
There were these two other holes in the brick just where the portico was anchored into the side of the house. And we realized after we built that door frame that they were the perfect spot to put two lanterns on either side of the door. And we had like run to Lowe's that exact day and found two big lanterns we actually liked. Yeah, because you're glazing over the fact that in all this, we also had to track down electricians to take care of a loose wire because when they demoed the portico, there was the wire from the old porch light just dangling there. Right. So I, in a panic, called the electrician. Remember, I'd been panicking all day. We'd been panicking about everything. And I just said, oh my gosh, can anyone come today? I know it's Halloween. I know it's halfway through the day already, but can someone come today? Not even tomorrow because it's trick-or-treating time and I don't want to have a dangling wire off my porch like for children to just electrocute themselves while they grab candy. It's, it's a very realistic Halloween decoration. Right. <laughs> it was a little creepy. And by some miracle, as Sean was pulling out of the driveway, like leaving to go back to Cape Charles to do his candy duty, it was around 2.30, the electricians were pulling in. It was like one crew tag-teamed the other crew. The electricians whipped out their ladders, got right up there, wired the two lanterns, and I begged Lance, because there was a little bit of unpainted brick around the door frame, to just come to the front and roll that so that it all looked white, so that when trick-or-treaters came to our house... It looked finished. There were two lights that were on, welcoming them. Everything looked painted, even though it was only one coat. It was very hard to tell that it was only one coat. So the house basically transformed within one day, just in time for Halloween. You might think at this point, that's the end of the stresses for the week, that we were done. Like Wednesday was such a doozy of a day that we were in the clear for the rest of the week. Then came Thursday morning. Then came Thursday. Probably the darkest day. (laughs) Yes, that, that was a dark day, both figuratively and literally, because the weather started to change. And this is where the fact that our crew was from out of town comes into play. Because by Thursday morning, the crew was putting their second coat of paint on the brick. The whole house needed a second coat. But what was still left to do was paint the siding white to match. Remember that Benjamin Moore paint that we had gotten to match? And Lance was looking at the forecast and said, hey guys, it looks like it's going to rain tomorrow on Friday. And I obviously cannot paint a house outside in the rain. So I don't think I can paint your siding tomorrow. And the forecast was rain like through the weekend. And since he was from out of town, like he wasn't going to like hang out in Richmond for several days until it got sunny. So he was kind of saying like, this is not what we planned, but the weather dealt me some cards and I'm not going to be able to finish. Right. And he was like, you can just find someone who does siding. Siding's really easy to paint. It's not a big deal. But as I was thinking about it, I just felt this like crushing disappointment. Like my body was like, you have worked so hard to get over all these insane moments, like the wire hanging out and it got solved before trick or treating. And like they got all the brick painted and now they're just saying they can't do this little bit of siding. And wouldn't it be amazing if they could just do that? Because if it's going to rain for a week, then I'm not even going to get someone in to do the new siding for at least a week. And they're probably booking like two months out. And then we get into winter and is the paint going to cure in the winter? Is this going to be like half my house is brown till spring. Like I just started to get so sad that we felt so close. And I think it was just from being emotionally spent. So I said, I completely understand, but can we just watch the forecast? Because maybe if it shifts, I'm going to keep the faith, Lance. Oh yeah. I mean, he was totally willing to do it. He just, you know, he can't control the weather. And we just felt defeated, like Sherry said, that this project at the end of the week was not going to be complete. We don't have a whole lot of siding on our house. It's just kind of on the side where the garage meets the main part of the house and the back of the garage. But it was going to be two big parts that you would see in photos. And it was like, really, is this how it's going to end? So we watched the weather all day. And by some miracle, by about 5 p.m., the forecast shifted and I trotted out to Lance and said, hey, if you look at this weather app, it looks like the rain's not starting until tomorrow afternoon. 
And he said, yeah, I can totally come paint in the morning. So the crew came earlier on Friday. They painted the siding for about four hours, cleaned up by about one o'clock. They were completely done and they got themselves on the road to drive back to Louisville that night. It was an under the wire photo finish. Like unbelievable. Because even for us, we were leaving that afternoon to go to Cape Charles because we had to grout that weekend. So like we had to get out of town also. We were like packing as he was packing stuff up into his truck and we just both kind of pulled out at the same time and hit the road. So it had a happy ending like we've said, but we wanted to share all that so you knew that it was a very up and down week for us. Yeah, and I think when you hear like, oh, you're hiring a crew, how nice, they're just going to do it all outside and you get to work and like hang out and do whatever inside and you're not really involved. It's like I still think in my head when you hire someone, you're outsourcing the emergencies. (laughs) But it can't account for A, my craziness of wanting to pull the portico off, but B, things that we completely couldn't control, like the weather and like the paint being matched the wrong way. So it just felt like every single day there was a new minefield that we were like running through and dodging. And it was like, I was Catherine Zeta-Jones in Entrapment trying to get through all those lasers in a cat suit. I was very sexy while doing it, guys. (laughs) And I emerged at the end, probably looking very tired and more like Michael Douglas. (laughs) You went from Catherine Zeta-Jones to her husband. I did. I switched. In the course of one week. In the course of one week. I was like the lady from the Titanic who says, I dropped this in the ocean. Oh, right. I felt 100 years old. Did you also feel 100 years old? I did. I was not really that excited to go grout, but fortunately grouting was very simple and straightforward. But I I don't want to like dwell on the negative parts of the white painting, but in the spirit of sharing some realities of these things, I also wanted to point out on last week's podcast, we said the other thing that was making us anxious was that this project might open a can of worms. So like things we have to do after it. And there's lots of worms, guys. Yeah, it's an understatement. It's more of like a six pack of worms than they threw in a seventh pack. A lot of worms. <laughs> okay. I didn't quite follow, but okay, sure. I, I think I think we're saying the same thing. A lot of the things are just tasks that we have to complete. Like Sherry is painting one of these back doors because we have two back doors that didn't get painted the new door color that we put on the front. You know, not a big deal, but something that is now added to our to-do list. Like we also have to get a piece of flashing to put across the top of that new door molding so that rain doesn't go down there. Right now it's just caulked. And so that's just a temporary solution. Um, The porch floor, which we ended up painting white just because we decided the brick was not going to look good. But the Biodomus is not a porch and floor paint. It's not meant to be walked on. So it was really just sort of like a temporary thing so that all the brick was painted at least. So we do have to figure out a new solution for our porch and our steps. But we have a plan. Yeah, we have a plan. The plan is basically to do what we did in the back porch, which is that we just found some great outdoor-friendly tile that's not slippery, it's very textured, and it looks like slate. Yeah. And we thought, oh, what if we slate the front porch too and the tops of the steps so it's not slippery, it looks more like stone, and it just will, I think, elevate the look. So we're going to share how we update those too. It shouldn't be that hard. We're tiling experts. Well, I was going to say, it's not that hard, but you know, we just finished a lot of tiling. I'm kind of <laughs> not excited to have more tiling ahead of me right now. It's so weird to walk into the tile stores again after being there like two weeks ago and be like, another project. Yes. And I'd say one of the bigger worms that came out of this can 
is generally when you have something that's all fresh and new, it kind of highlights the things that you're not as crazy about, particularly if you're Sherry Petersick. Oh, yeah. Well, I start to say, like, our house is so amazing. I should start calling it Chateau Sherry. Anyone who knows Chateau Sherry from Housewives of Atlanta will be giggling a little bit. Maybe I should call it Villa Blanca. Nope. Just as keep... they say in Housewives of Beverly Let's Hills. Let's just keep talking about the projects. <laughs> But anyway, I love how it looks. And now I feel like my standards are higher for other things. You fancy now. I'm fancy now. Have you seen my chateau? I live in France. Well, I'm fancy now. Well, you, you're fancy. <laughs> well, you already spent a good deal trying to make the best of our landscaping out front because you've never been crazy about those boxwood balls that we have in the front of the house. And I call so- them target balls. You know the balls in front of Target so you don't drive into Target? Yeah. They're the shape of our bushes. They're yeah. very round. So we might have to revisit our front landscaping because now that the house is white, it really kind of is high contrast. Like it pops off the white. So you notice when things are not looking as great or when maybe there should be a larger bush on one side where there is not. So that's like a whole big thing we have to deal with at some point. And I know we talked about in the last podcast how our grass was all dead because we killed the crabgrass. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, fortunately, like all the fall colors made it look somewhat intentional in the photos. But in addition to regrowing grass, um, the painting process did a number on our yard. Yes. If you saw any of the photos, you noticed they were using this giant lift to get to the second story and like the chimney and the attic space. Like it was a 45 foot lift. That's how tall our house is, guys. For people who are like, wait, you didn't want to DIY it? I'm like, neither of us want to be 40 feet in the air. Nope. No, thank you. Uh, And they use this lift because typically they would use like scaffolding, but scaffolding is hard for them to travel with from Kentucky, harder to rent and slower to use. And as we have learned, we were already under the gun for time. So this lift was a much faster solution. And Lance told me ahead of time, like, I want to be careful about driving this lift on your yard. So they did the best they could. They put plywood under the wheels so that we didn't have like big tire marks everywhere. But it has been just so rainy here over the last several months that our ground is so soft that there's so many indentations even from the plywood all over the place that the yard is very lumpy in several spots i don't fault lance or the crew at all because it's the best that they could do given the circumstances but i'm now like oh we might have to like regrade part of the yard or like have someone bring in a huge pile of dirt which then just makes me nervous about the irrigation system and it becoming a whole thing yes it always snowballs in all directions and the funny thing is that you know john hates irrigation you guys remember this that it's like nearly killed him and he hates it and he failed inspection and then something there have been so let's, many problems. Let's not revisit it. It's just my <laughs> least favorite project I've ever done. So my fear was that the lift somehow would break the irrigation, but we had marked all the sprinklers and then we ran them once they left and it is fine. So I'm knocking on all the wood because I feel like we dodged a bullet there. But now knowing we might have to grade it, I worry about that wrecking yeah. the irrigation. So. so I won't detail the whole list of worms that is now opened by this project because there's some very minor ones that are not a big deal. But we do have several things on our to-do list now. And we're just going to have to plug away at them, I guess, as weather permits now that we're getting into the wintertime and it's harder to work outside. Yeah, I just keep reminding myself, like, we are so much further than we were a week ago. Like, we have the portico redone, which we weren't sure we'd do. That whole scare with not getting the siding painted. I'm trying to remind myself how lucky we are that we did get it painted because that could have been, like, a month-long debacle and then it got too cold. And so I'm just so grateful for where we are. And when I'm feeling impatient and I want everything to be done and I'm frustrated that I have such a long list, I'm just trying to remind myself all the things that have already been checked off because I think that helps with morale and like lowering frustration when you realize like, wait, we've already done a lot though. Let's just be grateful. Yes. And it's always helpful to go look at that post that we did share with the before and afters because that is just like a visual reminder of how far we came. Because again, if you haven't seen it yet, we put before is like 
from when we bought the house. I know. Up till now. And it is it surprised me even because it had been a while since I looked at those pictures. So again, that post with the pictures and all the details about how the paint was actually applied is linked in the show notes at younghouselove.com slash podcast. Uh, I realize this has been a very long segment talking about this process. So at this point, I think we probably should just get into we're digging. Yeah. Oh, I'm digging something. Yeah. Sherry's digging something that is probably like the biggest thing we've ever dug. It's very exciting. Ever. Yeah. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Everyone knows that the next few weeks are going to be really big for sales. Between Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that, it's a great time to grab new stuff for your home, which is why we are giving you lots of advance notice that the Annie Selkie Companies, this week's sponsor, has their cyber sale starting November 19th before Thanksgiving, and they're going to give you 25% off everything on their site. That's a huge discount. Guys, this is how I feel. 10% off, meh, 20% off, I'm listening, I'm probably putting stuff in the cart. 25% off, I'm like, oh, hey now. Like, that's a big savings, especially if you're buying bigger things like rugs, furniture, even a whole bag of bedding. 25% 25% off if it's 100 bucks, you're saving $25. I can do math, that y'all. That is very easy math to do. <laughs> I know you've heard from the Annie Selkie Company several times in this podcast. So if you've been eyeing things like one of their Dash and Albert rugs, some of their Pinecone Hill bedding, now is the time to pull the trigger on it. Because again, it's just for one week starting November 19th, where you can get 25% off as part of their cyber sale. So hit up AnnieSelkie.com slash YHL right now to start, I don't know, filling your cart and then pull the trigger when that sale starts next week. Let me just say one more thing, guys. The wallpaper is good. You're welcome. So what I'm digging this week involves something I adore. It involves diamonds. I was going to say it involves you. (laughs) It involves me and diamonds, but not the diamonds you think. So no, not like Zsa Zsa Gabor diamonds. We're talking about the shape of a diamond. And you guys know I'm obsessed with the diamond windows at the duplex. They're just diamond panes in the glass and they look so interesting. And it's one of the details that I knew that I could save that little house and make it a gem, a diamond in the rough, if you will. It's a lot of diamond talk. <laughs> Let's get to it, Peter's sake. But anyway, what I'm digging, and it kind of sounds weird to dig it because it's kind of our own thing, but it's our furniture line that we created. We toiled over these creations, and they're almost out in the world. They're actually available for preview, so you guys can look at every single thing we designed in this huge collection. So beds, tables, sofas, chairs, smaller things like little side tables, just a whole bunch of things that you might need in your house, and I'm so excited to show you. Yes, some of you may have already heard this if you follow us on Instagram or you're signed up for our email newsletter. But just last week, the preview site for our furniture line went live. It's younghouselovefurniture.com. I'll put the link in the show notes just in case that's too hard to remember. But basically right now you can look at every single piece, see pictures, dimensions, materials, all those details before it goes live for sale on Wayfair later this month. So right now this is just sort of like a preview because we wanted you guys to have a chance to look at it before like all of the Wayfair shoppers everywhere can have a look at it. Yeah, you guys get the sneak peek. If you do nothing else, just go to the website and look at the room pictures because that's where I think they really shine and you see how we envision them being used and what kind of households I think would be awesome for this stuff. Like you can totally picture kids and dogs and families. We designed everything to be durable and we wanted it to look classic but not boring. So every piece has like a little something that's interesting. Like we have a white dresser but we added this cool dental molding detail under the top and now that our house is painting white, it looks very much like this dresser. Like there are lots of nods to things. We have these diamond back chairs I am obsessed with. They come in this navy color 
and they are just so reminiscent of the diamond windows at the duplex and so cool. They're almost like a Chippendale style bamboo-ish chair. They just would work anywhere from a dining room to like a kid's art table. They're just so versatile. Well, yeah, we wanted to make things that felt like us, like they look like things we have in our house. So like there's actually a dresser. It's one of my favorite pieces called the Noble Dresser. And it was inspired by this vintage dresser that was handed down to me from my dad we have in our bedroom. You may have seen it. But we've never seen a piece like that sold. Like, I don't know where to get that look if you wanted to get a similar piece. So we made one like that. Yeah, it has, like, the really cool fluted legs. We even took inspiration from the ring pulls and a big ring that's oil rub bronze. But, of course, we put a new twist on things. Like, we might do it in a different finish or a different color. Um, we don't have only vintage-inspired things in the collection. There are many things that look old and interesting. And I think other things that look modern and sleek. We have, like, a very glossy, chunky, slick pedestal table that I adore. There's a really cool mixed finish table that's called the cinch and it has like metal legs that are in a dark bronze color but then the top is this clean glossy white so it's just this really good pairing together. We have this super comfortable chair. It's almost like a chair and a half. It's really big and it has these comfy arms and these plush pillows. We'll put pictures of all this in the show notes, you guys, so you can see it. But like, I keep picturing how versatile it is because it'd be awesome in the living room or even a bedroom for like the obvious application. But I also keep thinking, I wish this chair had been invented when I was nursing because it would be such a good chair for a nursery just with like the big cushy arm pillows and just like feeling enveloped while you're holding your little baby in the chair. I think what Sherry's trying to say is that there are a lot of pieces in there and we will talk more about them when they are ready to actually release for sale later in the month but for now your point is if you want to check them out we will put the link in the show notes to younghouseloffurniture.com so you guys can go look at all the pieces and envision your own little baby in the chair nursing right. some look good with babies some look good without them we won't find out we're not having no, another baby we're done with babies but if you want to bring your cute baby you are welcome to come over and hang out in all of our furniture whether it's from our furniture line or not because I think babies kind of look good with everything and this week what I'm digging is a little bit more of a question, I guess. So this week is my birthday. I'm turning 37 on Thursday. And I'm contemplating because I'm expecting to get a little bit of birthday money. Mm. Yeah, I think I might use it to buy an Apple Watch or at least go towards an Apple Watch. I'm not expecting that much money because Apple Watches aren't cheap, guys. I think the new ones are like 500 bucks. Ah, they are? Yeah, well, that's why I'm using birthday money. Uh-huh. Well, and a lot of our own money, too. <laughs> well, here's my thought process, and I want your guys' input. Sherry has been loving her Fitbit so much, her $200 Fitbit. Right. I keep saying, get a Fitbit. It yeah. saves you 300 beans. Well, but the problem is that my exercise is not walking. It's running. And for over a decade, I've been using the Nike Plus system to track my runs, and I'm very committed to it. And so I don't really want to get a Fitbit because then I have to start tracking through the Fitbit interface. It doesn't still do it on the Nike thing, too? No, because you have to have the Nike app, which you can have on an Apple Watch. Wait, but I don't understand. You already have it on your phone. Well, but I have to carry my phone with me when I go running. Like, I have a fanny pack, actually. <laughs> I know this. <laughs> so this is just a $500 way for me to get rid of my fanny pack. <laughs> Maybe it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Now Sherry's getting sold. No, the fanny pack is not as gross as it sounds, but I do see how running with a fanny pack is annoying. Well, and an Apple Watch has other benefits besides just tracking your run. It's been a gadget I've had my eye on for a while. I am not an early adapter when it comes to gadgets, but I am a stalker of new gadgetry. And I'm trying to figure out if this is the time to maybe grab one because they have this new Series 4 Apple Watch that in addition to doing running 
also allows you to track yoga, which is kind of like my other workout besides running. I don't really talk about that as much on the podcast. John does a lot of power yoga and it's hot and he has a nemesis, a guy he calls his nemesis who is really good at it. Yeah. And they, they eye each other across the room and like try to get into a deeper stretch. No, see, I don't think he knows that he's my nemesis, but I have identified <laughs> him as my competition because, you know, us guys, we have to make everything competitive. So I'm figuring out a way to make yoga competitive. <laughs> John will throw down if you want to challenge him to a yoga match. Right. Well, I noticed a lot of people at this hot yoga studio have Apple Watches. Oh, you're not worried it would like burn up in the 200 degrees? It's not that hot. I mean, it's like the surface of the sun in there. For someone who likes hot stuff, you should not be worried about that. I do like it, but I would not take my watch into a sauna. Well, these seem to survive just fine. So I figure it might be a practical workout companion for me. But like I said, it is a big cost. And I've heard mixed things about Apple Watches as to whether they're actually useful and worth the money. So if you have one, what I'm digging, I guess, is my request for input about the Apple Watch. Do you have one? Do you like it? Do you think it's worth the money? What should I do? Also, if you're a person who doesn't wear watches, weigh in. Because John hates watches, doesn't wear watches, but suddenly wants a $500 one. And I'm like, is this like the people who buy things they think they want and then don't use them? Like, are you really a person who's going to wear something on your arm? If I spend $500 on it, probably. Thanks for listening to Young House Love Has a Podcast. And I forgot to mention one other thing that I really want for my birthday this year. It's a rating or review of our podcast. They're a really big help to our show, and it's probably the easiest gift that you'll get someone this year. It's free. You can do it right within your podcast app, and there's no pesky gift wrapping or, like, running to the post office. And please keep telling us what you do while you listen. Like Victoria on Instagram, who said she binge-listened our archives for two whole days while she was sitting in a dark room recovering from laser eye surgery. Wow, I'm not sure I would even want to spend two days in a dark room with us. <laughs> and don't forget to check out younghouselove.com podcast for all the bonus links, photos, and info from this episode, like pictures of some of those stressful moments during our week of house painting. And photos of our furniture line. You guys, I am so excited for you to see everything. Go look at them. Okay. I want you to check them out. Bye, They're guys. like my babies. They're like my little tiny babies. See you later. We got stuff to do. I have lots of things to paint. And there's a fly in the room. There's a fly that came in with the doors open. I wouldn't have mentioned it, but he, you might hear him buzz on the he's, microphone. He's very distracting because he's like around oh our faces gosh. right now. Hold our- on.